Welcome to Busted Biscuits. I'm Jen Stanley. And I'm Jill Super. And today, we are continuing our talk about loneliness. Can't wait. Yeah. So before we do that, though, we have some announcements for you. We do. First up is the Coloration Celebration. It's an event that we're having in the community um, here in Indiana, PA. It is September 30th at 6 p.m. Uh, at Blue Spruce Park. There's a Lakeside Center there, and we're going we're gonna to decorate it up and, and invite all our friends uh throughout the community to come join us for a night of fun. Um, the premise is the color party that you see on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, it, basically you pick a color, you bring a snack in that color, you dress in that color, you do all things in that color for the <laughs> evening. <laughs> and then uh, we've got some activities planned, a lot of fun for the evening. Um, the You can sign up on our website, bustedbiscuits.us, uh, or on social media. I think Facebook has a link as well. Mm-hmm. It's on Eventbrite. Eventbrite. So, yeah. yeah, we just want to know if you're coming so that we can be prepared and make sure that uh, we have all the snacks that we need and all the chairs that we need and all that. So yes. looking we, forward to Yes, it. I can't wait. Have you picked your color yet? No, not yet. I Me either. Decide. I know. I've been thinking about it. And so like I probably need to like, look through my closet and see... Like what's probably black. Just kidding. <laughs> that would have, be me too. I have tons of black. Um, Kelly green, I do not have. And how I know that is every year at St. Patrick's Day, I have nothing to wear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, nice. I Great. should buy one thing. Uh, <laughs> then, the, then the second thing that we want to promote, um, particularly for people that are somewhat local, is a conference that's coming up. It's the She Is Conference for She Is Transformed. Mm. Um, it's, it's October 26th and 28th here in Indiana, PA at the KCAC. So uh, the women's ministry at our church, at Summit Church, um, it puts, puts that on every year for the last eight years or so. Uh, I could be wrong about the, the time frame, but I think it's a really a great opportunity to connect with other women. And so um, we'd love to have you check that out. If you're interested in that and want infor- more information, the website is sheisconference.org. Yes. Go check it out. It's yes. actually a really great weekend. It is. I enjoy it. And like, mm-hmm. it's been, it's an important part of what we do. Like I, I you know, I really enjoy getting to do that. And um, it, well, it's just, it's always exciting to see how it impacts people. That's you, so true. You know how yes. people benefit from from the speakers and from connecting with other people. It's just always, like to hear the testimonies of what happens there is always a good thing. It is. I like that. So let's move on and talk a little bit about um, loneliness. So the book we're still using, this is the last time to be using this one, is The Friendship in the Age of Loneliness by Adam Smiley Poswalski. Yes. I think I'm getting better with his name each time that I say it. <laughs> and so um, one of the things that really struck me about this book as we've kind of been digging through it is about like most of these points seem to be about how you stop looking at yourself and start looking at other people, right? And so mm, then like yes. it's things that you do to impact the others around you. Yes. Because I think part of being lonely is that you you focus on what you don't have. Absolutely. There's another, there's a... Oh, I guess it's a quote that I saw or a definition of loneliness that basically said that loneliness is the the discrepancy between the relationships that you have and the relationships that you want. Mm-hmm. And so like you're, when you're lonely, you're definitely focused on what you don't have. I would agree. Yeah. And so this book really gives a bunch of ideas for what you can do to try to connect to people. And so and also, as we kind of got to the, this last section of ideas, um, I did want to say like, this may not apply to everybody, yeah. Yeah. right? And so like, don't think that you have to do every single one of these in order to connect. But I think it's more like, here's a list of, I don't know, a hundred, which that may not be true. Yeah. You know, here's, a, <laughs> here's a bunch of ideas. Pick one that seems like it'll fit for you, you know, and try it out. And so like, he's not pr- suggesting that we do every single one of these, but as you're listening and, and hearing the different options, maybe one of these jumps out to you as something that you want to pursue and get involved in and to promote 
for um, to help with loneliness. Well, and I think that's a great point because we've we've covered some of these things, right? Like we've talked about different ways to do this, but these are these are new ideas or different ideas. Uh-huh. Some of them may be the same with a different twist. And so we're always going to put these out there for you because yeah. we want to find we want you to be able to find a way yes. to connect with people. Yes. And so we'll g- keep giving you the opportunities and the options. Yeah. And then some <laughs> of the things that they talked about in here too, I feel like um, we have we've already talked about on the podcast mm-hmm. and even have done in our own relationships or made these suggestions to you to do. And so it's like we were on the right track like it feels really good to to hear that like when we're just kind of going off our own experience we're finding that like there's this is someone that published a book that said the same thing so this is really good so okay so this next part is really about staying in touch with people and how important it is Mm -hmm. so um he suggested that you send letters to your friends out of town do you do that um i don't have a lot of friends out of town. Okay. I will say I'm, I think I said this last time, I'm the kind of person that buys the cards and then mm-hmm. never sends them. Yes. So I have two shoe boxes full of cards that I've just never sent. I feel bad about the fact that I have not sent them. I really think about the person in the moment <laughs> and truly find like the best card. And I'm like, this would be perfect for them. And then uh-huh. I go home and I don't do anything with it. It's a terrible habit, but yeah. I'm going to get better at it. <laughs> That's a good plan. So like he suggests that you like invest in correspondence. So you invest in like uh, stationery so that you can send things and that you should write letters. Yeah. But then you also need to understand that every friend is different. So some people will be um, okay with a spontaneous phone call or getting a text during the day or like sharing personal information. But there's other people that don't want to do that. And yeah. so don't take it personal if the person doesn't connect to you in the same way that you connect to them. I think that's a great point. I mean, we've been talking about that for quite, you know, quite a few episodes, different different aspects of that. But, but it's definitely... You know, it's like the love languages, right? Uh-huh. Like pe- some people are touch, some people are gifts. And, and so everybody has a different way of doing it. And so we have to be open to how they do it, but also be true to who you are and try and reach out in the way that you know, and then learn and grow from their perspective. Very good point. He also talked about sending a video love letter. I like this idea. Talk about that. Why do you like it so much? <laughs> well, I was thinking about it in terms of my grandson, because I think in there they used an example of like, uh, you know, collecting someone was collecting for their son every like on their first birthday and then they were going to hold them again to them when they were 18 and I was like how cool it would it be to like each year tell your grandson how you've seen them grow right Uh like I'm going to tell my grandson how I've seen him grow in this year and how much he's been loved and all of the great things that I've seen Uh uh, for him and about him and and just have it be some really positive message when he gets to a certain age and he gets to look back especially at the age of 18 because I think by that point you know you had some some you know, relationships that have been bumpy yeah. or, or traumas in your life or things like that that have happened. And so it would be a great opportunity to kind of share that. You know, I think the only challenge I could see with that would be like when technology changes, you'd have to make sure that you take your videos to the next level of technology mm. because yeah. like you would hate to have it off sleep. years it's gone. Well, I mean, right. Well, they've said that about like, you know, like there's some videos and stuff that I can't pull up from when my kids were little because like the, the ability to read it has shifted. Huh. And so, okay. yeah, so... Uh, that might be a challenge. I don't know how yeah. you do that. I but don't know. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dig out. in a little bit. You yeah. Yep. Find somebody that knows what they're talking about tech wise and they will help <laughs> you. Um, he also said to put friendship on the calendar, like plan in advance, man, this is my favorite one because mm-hmm. I mean, man, if, if I don't have it on the calendar, it's not happening. Like it, the time will go past. And so I ha- I live by my calendar mainly because of my job and just also with just the, the stage of life that we're in, I need to have it on my calendar. And so be willing to plan it in advance. I like this one because it, it, 
it holds me accountable to do it as mm-hmm. well. So if I say, yeah, I'll text you or yeah, just text me, uh-huh. like, right, I'm pushing that onto someone else or I'm, I'm taking the responsibility for it and it weighs heavy on me until I can get to it. And then if I forget, which is, which is usually what happens, then I feel bad because yeah. it's been a month and I haven't done anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like to do it while I'm in the moment and put it yes. on the calendar for the next time. Well, and I think something else to consider, um, I was working with a college student who had graduated and then moved and um, he was expressing difficulty making connections to people because he would like after work, he'd say, hey, do you want to go do something? Hey, would you like to hang out? And so all the people were like declining. And I said, I think part of the challenge right now is that there's a shift between how you hung out with your friends in college, which was like impromptu and mm-hmm. how you hang yeah. out with people in adulthood, which is you have to make plans. Yeah, that's like, so true. You have to Ooh, schedule in advance, one. right? And yeah. so like you can't go, oh, and I can't make any friends because no one wants to hang out. Well, they might if you wanted to plan it. You know, <laughs> They just need some advance notice in that. Yeah. And so like being sure, like just kind of being mindful of that when you're yeah. trying to connect with people. Love that. He talked about keeping a friendship treasure box. This is where like you put special notes and ticket stubs and pictures or trinkets and things to kind of help you remember your friends. Um, actually, my daughter Coco was graduating high school this year and she and her best friend Lily made senior boxes. And so they planned to, to put things in it. I don't know what it's in it, but they showed it to me the other day. Like they had decorated them together and like have plans for it. And um, I think Coco even has the together. They wrote like a bucket list of the things that they want to make sure that they do for, the, for their senior oh, that's year. That's so cute. Yeah, yeah. I love that. It, yeah, this should be fun. So that, that was something that they did. You also, you also should consider calling your friends. Why I think we important? talked about that the last time too, like picking up the phone and actually calling them. Sometimes it, it's easier to have a conversation um, yeah. than it is just a quick text. You, you can connect a little bit deeper. Uh-huh. For me personally, anyway, like when I, you know, I've had friends who have started calling me and saying, it's too much to text. I need to tell you this. Yeah. And so it's nice to just get the phone call and be like, okay, quick check in. Yeah. You know, sometimes it can lead to more conversation and you could be on the phone for an hour, but a lot of times it's nice to just like connect to somebody in a quick way, but hear their voice and know that they're listening and know that they're, you know, and, 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 and act, interact with them in that personable one-on-one way. What do you think keeps people from picking up the phone and calling? Why is that a hard thing? Like, well, I think, as, as a culture, we've kind of like gotten away from it, right? Yeah. Like text, uh, don't call me, just text. People yeah. don't, you know, half the time people ignore the calls when they come in. Yeah. I've True. gotten much better at like answering when people I know call are like, okay, do I have time for this? doesn't matter. I'm going to stop what I'm doing because this person apparently uh-huh. is calling me for a reason. Like they would have texted if it wasn't. Well, and I wonder too, if it's about like the phone call makes you be completely present mm, because like true. a text message, you could like be watching TV and send a text message. You yes. could be like, um, you know, sitting at the dinner table, but also send a text message. You can't really be on the phone and be doing other things. I mean, you can, but it's usually kind of noisy if you're chewing <laughs> in the phone, you know, but like true. it's not something that you can kind of do dual purpose. Like, you know, it no, has yeah. to be, a, you know, an, an instant thing that has your attention. And so I, I do think sometimes we struggle to want to give our attention to that. That's so true. Cause mm-hmm. well, I mean, if, if I think about it, like the, you know, we talked last time about scrolling through social media and like giving that time up and making the phone call, I think uh-huh. was where this came in. And so if I circle back to that, it, it definitely like, there is no reason why I shouldn't stop yeah. and make the phone call. Absolutely. Like I'm wasting time truly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I also think people struggle because like maybe it's been a while since you talked. And so you're like, Oh, this feels awkward for me to call. But that really is the best time to do it. It's like when it's oh, been yeah. a while. Well, yeah. And they, they talk about that, uh, I think, actually, in this section somewhere where they were saying, um, you know, it doesn't matter the time or the distance or, you know, at that point, it become it does become awkward and uncomfortable and you don't want to have to be the person to initiate that. But that's the point at which the relationship 
is gone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so if that person is important enough to you, pick up the phone, make the call or send the text and say, hey, we haven't talked in a while. I'd like to connect and schedule some time to get that done. Yeah, that's good. Perfect. Yeah. We'll definitely need to be doing that. <laughs> they should make, <laughs> make some connections. He also suggested that we listen to a full album. Like take the time to listen to a full album of music before you get up or change the song. So basically like I'm committed to sitting here with you until this album is over. <laughs> you know, like I just kind of a measure of time. It's so a long time. I could, yeah, it is. But that's commitment, right? So considering, <laughs> and if you, if you share a, a interest in music, that might be a fun thing to do. You know, like, okay, so we're going to hang out and we're going to listen to this whole thing. I would make all my friends pick one song and then play it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, wait, there's a Here's little variety. <laughs> you should also keep friendship in your family manifesto. So make a decision as a married couple and new parents for how friendship is going to look in your family. Um, did you guys do that? Did you think about that? We didn't. No, we mm-hmm. didn't. Um, it makes a lot of sense. I might recommend that to my 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 child. Yeah, then you my, can kind of consider with the uh-huh. what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. So um, we kind of had something. I definitely stole it from someone else. Like I heard a pastor talking about it once. And so um, we, we adapted it for our own family. But it, we said the statement that Stanleys are kind, encouraging, and they look for lonely people. And so we've not said that recently. I probably should review that again with the kids. But I know when they were little, like we really encouraged them to, to both be kind and encouraging, but then also look for lonely people. And so kind of creating this awareness that we have this responsibility for those around us to, to, to make connection, right? And so to, to notice them and not to overlook that. Love it. You should build a healthier relationship with social media. Real talk beats bragging. What do you think about that? Um... <laughs> we've talked a lot about the highlight reel that's on social mm-hmm. media. And mm-hmm. so, you know, what really is happening? Is it really as rosy as it looks? Or is that just like one snippet of a, a bad spell? Or, you know, let, let's let's talk about what's actually happening. Um, give me the details about what that beautiful picture shows, right? Yep. Like, I want to learn more about that. I want to hear more from you. Well, and social media really isn't a place for those heavy topics. Right. Like, you should, like, go to a professional for those th- kind of things. Right. Like, but oftentimes we kind of use Facebook as um, a way to kind of, process our feelings and let people know what we're going through. But it's really not the place for that kind of talk, like the heavy stuff. You know, it's okay to let people know that you're dealing with something, but like not all those details necessarily. Okay. Makes sense. Um, and then when you do talk to someone, like make sure that you open dialogue, no, don't close it. And so when you hear that statement, what do you think about? Um, well, well, open, don't close. I mean, it's really just saying like, you know, get the get the conversation started, don't shut it down, uh-huh. is how I, I read that. Well, I, I think part of what I interpret it as is like that, that just because someone's disagreeing with you doesn't mean that you should not talk to them. But like, don't do it in an angry way. You know, like have a conversation, have some dialogue. But like, some people get really um, divided on, on where they stand yeah, on things true. on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, don't try to shut down the conversation, but have dialogue about it, you know, uh, in an appropriate way. Because you, you might give me- Well, I think that's the key though, right? Because yeah, when I think about it, it's like, oh, how, how, how awkward or uncomfortable is this getting? And so do we just stop, yeah. right? Like just back away from it and be like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Or if it's someone that you know, like, you know, which should be, because that's who she, you should be friends with on Facebook, <laughs> you know, maybe you ask them for a sidebar conversation. Like, hey, could we do this in Messenger? Or could I, like I call? That. Or could mm-hmm. we meet for coffee and discuss it? I think that won't be one way to handle it. Um, you can use social media to promote your friends. So maybe your friend is like just wrote a book or got a new job and or is raising money or something. And so they, you can use social media to draw attention to that and like to celebrate what your friend is doing. I like that. Mm-hmm. You can also use social media to offer compliments. You don't need a reason to say nice things for people. So how do you feel about that one? Uh, that one's harder for me personally. Okay. I'm not one that likes to hear 
compliments in front of people. Yeah. So it makes me uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, and so I tend to not give compliments to people in front of people. I will be, I will like absolutely message you and uh-huh. say, here's this something or I'll pull you, I'll like walk to the side, right? Or in private and give you some, uh-huh. some positive feedback. But I, I don't necessarily do that in a large group of people. Well, and I definitely, I respect that. Um, you know, if you thought you wanted to, you could always like, um, when you tell the person, when you pull them aside and give them the compliment, then you ask them, Hey, would this be something it'd be okay for me to put on Facebook for you or to put on social media? Could I say that there, you know, as a way of, of celebrating you to kind of gauge their comfort? Because some people may say, please do not do that. That will embarrass me. And some will be absolutely yes. And tag me, <laughs> you know, so to, yes. depending so on everybody them. can see it. I yeah. would love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, consider like what they're really wanting out of that. Yeah. Um, then they talked quite a bit about when you are meeting virtually that you need to make your connections be purposeful. Mm. And so when I first saw that, I thought, okay, so basically if you're going to connect online, you should probably find a way to connect in person, but that's not what they're talking about. (laughs) They really talked about like when you have to be online. So like if you're on a zoom call, like make sure that your video is up, right. And that, um, that you're engaging in the chat and that you, you try to connect with other people as opposed to like. Not, not showing your face. <laughs> that is me. Oh, okay. You do a lot of Zoom for your job. I do. So like, I, I don't even think I would, uh, like, I really struggle to have interactions like that are personal interactions on Zoom or any other kind of platform like that, just because I do so much of that all day long. Mm, that makes sense. I would have a hard time connecting if I don't see their face, I think, yeah. because I feel like I connect details to faces. And so like, if someone doesn't have their face up, it's going to have a hard, I'm going to have a hard time making that connection. That's just for me personally, I think. Like I wouldn't be able to go attribute what to what person. Well, I would say in a counseling practice, absolutely. Like you really need to be able to see body language and all of those things in order to get the full picture of what's happening and what the, where the conversation's leading. Mm -hmm. So for me, like different perspective, right? Like I do this all day long in business and I don't, I don't want to have to do that anymore. That's not how I'm going to connect to somebody. But Well, but they're even saying like in, in business, you should be able to connect that way. Yeah. You're not doing it. No. Okay. Well, I mean, every, I will say I have this one person that I work with and every once in a while we're on video and like, hey, just wanted to see your face. It's like, you know, uh-huh. we're starting off a new week. Let's 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 say hello, get up, get caught up on the weekend and then then we'll start to the business. Or you can shut your camera off. <laughs> Did the majority of the people show their face for work when you're meeting? Um, internally, if you're just like calling someone to have a conversation, um, some do and some don't. Like it's a 50-50 split. Okay. Some are like, I, I don't even want to do that. Those of us that have to interact with clients all the time uh-huh. um, will generally follow the client lead. Okay. So if that includes camera, that includes camera. If not, you're like, I'm staying off. Okay. And so that like there's a reprieve in that sort of for me in uh-huh. business. Like I, I, I don't want to have to turn my camera on every time. But if that's your requirement, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be fine with it. But if I, if I have a choice, I'm not doing it. Do you dress half half up and half down? Meaning like, do you have different pants on than you have? Like, do you have pajama pants on and like a work top on top? I am the kind of person I cannot work in pajamas. Oh, okay. I get, I get kind of lazy and like, <laughs> oh, I'm too comfortable. I have to actually put clothes on every day that good. I get up to go to work. So if you stand up to go <laughs> to the bathroom. I even put my face on every day. <laughs> That's good. Work. So if you stand up to go to the bathroom or something and your camera's on, then you're, we're not going to be like, what no. is she wearing? Okay. No. Okay. I've thought about it. I've Have really you? contemplated it. Like every once in a while, I'm like, these pants are comfy. Okay. No, put yeah. your jeans on. Real put pants, your- real pants. That's funny. 
So you also should consider using technology to heal. And so I kind of had, I had some caution on this one too. So yeah. connect with people that are going through your same struggles and, and like maybe find a hashtag that, you know, that you relate to. So if you're going through cancer, like finding a, a cancer support group. And I think sometimes those can be really helpful, Yes, but I think but. sometimes <laughs> they're not right. And so like, um, cause in the same way that people get aggressive when they disagree with you on, you know, your opinion that can happen in those groups. Yeah. And so, and that's not what you need at that moment. It isn't. So like, I would be cautious about that, I think, because I've seen it not go so well for people that have tried to connect in that way. Mm, that's sad. Yeah. Um, then Smiley goes on to encourage us to have um, rituals and so like repetitive things. And so I think there's quite a bit to talk about here. This is going to be fun. <laughs> yes. He suggests that we replace scrolling with gratitude. Uh, the practice of expressing gratitude changes the structure of the brain and it makes us healthier and happier and can be associated with better sleep and lower levels of anxiety and depression. What do you think about that? Well, I would agree. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, if you feel like you're being lifted up all the time, like encouraged and, and praised for the, the mm -hmm. things that you're doing, you're going to feel good. Mm -hmm. There's a line, obviously, can't be the only thing you have because everyone needs, everyone has room for growth. But at the same time, being able to like hear that and, and practice giving that to other people. Yeah. I know when I do that for other people, it makes me feel really good. Like, oh, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I do it with the intention that they realize how much I value them in my life. Yeah. So when, when I like see that bit about it, um, promotes better sleep. So I'm like, why would that be true? And so oftentimes when people are lacking or they're worried about something, mm -hmm. they wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it, mm -hmm. right? Like, how am I going to make this happen? How am I going to fix this problem? I got this going on. What am I going to do about it? Like, so they don't sleep well. Yep. And so, but if you're, if you are in a moment of gratitude and you're like, you know what, this is good. I'm in a good place. Mm -hmm. Like your, your body and your mind allow you to rest. Yes. And I think, yeah. Well, and I think we, we look so much at the fine details that we, we, we never see the larger picture, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're, we have the ability to say, I'm in a really good place in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got this thing that I'm worried a little bit about, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it shouldn't overshadow the rest of your life Yeah, and where all of the, the beautiful things that you have going on. You got to make sure to have that balance a yes. little bit. Yes. Definitely. So then um, increased social media use has been tied to feeling of isolation and loneliness, especially among young people. I think it promotes FOMO, which is mm -hmm. the fear of missing out. So like you see all these things that are going on. You're like, why didn't they invite me? Why am I not there? Yep. And so then you feel some kind of way about that. And, and it doesn't help your mental health. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And so then um, he suggests that you, whenever social media gets to be too much, that you take a one-week break. And then you select two people a day to, to um, express gratitude to. And so, uh, sometimes a week break isn't long enough. Like you have to detox sometimes. I think people have to go longer. So, um, I actually was working with a teenager who was getting a lot of anxiety, um, by being on social media. And I was like, how about we just take a break from that? And so they came back in about a month and it's like, yeah, that's the best thing. I don't think I'm going to get it back. And I'm like, this is great. This is so great. <laughs> so, um, she like made a complete life change. She's like, I'm in such a better place, not having social media. And so I don't want it yep. back. So yep. I think that's important. I would agree. I would agree. Can I do that? No. <laughs> this is my mental health you're talking about. I'm just so yeah, Jill's not all about social media. So her presence isn't huge. And not that mine is either, but, but Jill's like, yeah, hello. Please. I would take a break for a year. Oh. <laughs> well, please log on and promote our events. Okay. Yeah. So then you need to create a unique routine. So um, I thought this was interesting because he talked about how he had a weekly connection with his grandmother. Like he said, he would, they had a certain day and a certain time with a certain restaurant, certain booth, a certain meal, and a certain waiter each week. And so um, 
you know, that was important for his connection with his grandmother. He tells us to create routines and rituals with your friends because routine builds comfort and comfort allows friendship to blossom. But this feels like the opposite of what he said earlier in the, in the book. Like he said, you need to have adventure. You need to like plan new things and you need to like, don't do the same thing over and over. So like this feels a little bit of a contradiction. Well, I think to some degree it could be, but I also Mm -hmm. think about like, I think I talked last week about my friends, Michelle and Bonnie, the work people that I used to work with and the dinner that we go to, right? Like I noticed this time when we caught up that like there was a point at which we could have had like a deeper conversation, but then Uh we kind of like changed the subject and moved on. And so before I left, I said, I'm going to have a conversation cards next time because I feel like we regularly meet, but all we ever do is go over like the what's new stuff and like talk about you know some of the little things that are coming up in our lives which is great because it's an opportunity to connect but I also want to learn more about them and like who they are and what they believe and Mm -hmm. you know where they are what they're looking forward to in their different stages of life and things like that and so um but I also want to learn random facts and so I feel like that's a way to break up the routine right like you could you can use those conversation cards or ask ask random questions or or talk about like a weird experience that you've had and see what that generates as conversation Mm -hmm. so that even in those routine you know dinners that we have it's still something that's memorable and fun and, and like ways to connect well something that I thought of in this situation was like with our group the misfits like we Mm, we meet we call it first Fridays now it doesn't always land on the first Friday we try but (laughs) I don't think it's been on the first Friday in a long time it's been a little bit so but we're trying to find okay we have that on the calendar so that we don't skip over it so it's like if we can't do it that day we can know we have to plan it sometime but like um so the the routine is that we meet once a month and maybe like the adventure is that we do different things every time yep you know like we we've never done the same thing back to back I don't think I don't think so no. Yeah. And so, and, and there's a myriad of things that we could do, you know, for that. But so and we, we, we get excited about planning other things that we, we do. do. Our <laughs> list is pretty long of the crazy things that we want to do. Stay tuned. Mm. Um, he also, but yes, routine with routine, but also difference within the routine. Yeah. Some diversity within your <laughs> yeah. routine. He also talks about that it's important to swim in a creative container. So he suggests that we start creating with our friends And so he asked the question, when is the last time you performed or sang or built or designed or imagined something with a group of people? And so like, really? I think Best of Biscuits is that. Yeah, I agree. Like we created this with a group of people. So like with the concept and talking about why we should do this and like being a part of the organization in general. And like, you know, we have a a core support group of people that are um, doing this with us. Yeah. And And, so and getting their input for the next steps on where we're going. Yeah. In the near future. So definitely that. Can you think of anything else that you've done with a group of people like you've created or anything? Not really. I mean, those are that's the first thing that came to mind is like like our our group and what we do Mm -hmm. with this. Good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then it says you should host a friendship showcase. So you allow your friends to, to show their unique gifts. To me, it sounds like a show and tell <laughs> like, or, you know, or like a, um, a variety show, you know, or that kind of thing that you would show up and say, hey, okay, perform, like show us what you got, like read us your, your most recent poem or the song that you've written or um, play the instrument in, in band that you've not played in 20 years and bust it out, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, you know, um, do a, a comedy skit or something, but, you know, like really letting your friends kind of be creative, I think is something. I like that. It could be fun. It could be. He encourages us to hold space for your friends. He's saying, don't ask surface level questions, which is my favorite. (laughs) Um, Make reaching out a natural occurrence. Like don't make it, just do it all the time or do it enough that it doesn't feel weird. Mm -hmm. He again says you should go on overnight adventures. We have plenty of time to hang out. And then he says to be involved in lots of different groups and activities. I I also want to share that one with caution because you can get too busy. 
Yeah. You can get involved in too many things. And then you have 150 people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then like, um, but the opposite is like, if you're doing nothing, maybe you should try a couple of things. You Figure know, maybe, out what you like. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe one organization or activity isn't enough, but I would definitely think that 10 would be, that 10 is too much. <laughs> right. And so like, you know, I have having, a hard time balancing that. <laughs> yeah. That's, so just being, you know, be open to ideas of it being different, but like making sure that you're, um, that you are having activities, you know, but just don't get too overwhelmed. Got it. Yep. He, this this next thing is he called it have tea with strangers and have tea alone. So I think there was this organization. I'm pretty sure that it's closed down now because I tried to research it a little bit. And like every uh, link that I tried to click on to get to it um, said that the uh, that it wasn't a good link. And so I think it, it may be um, not, not operating right now. But essentially, it was an international movement where like there was a host and he would get five different people together, strangers, to sit together and they'd have tea and talk for two hours. So like the host would kind of lead the conversation. I would totally do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, um, I, when I read this, like maybe this is something we could do with biscuits. Yeah. So like like that, right. So like people can sign up to meet with someone. And so then like we get four or five people together and then we give them conversation cards because I hate hate for you to be alone in that. Right. And so then you go and have, have coffee with somebody, you know, we'll have a host, someone that's kind of coordinating that. And, um, our our church kind of did something like that at the beginning of the year. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. So like what they did was, um, you could express interest and say, Hey, I'm willing to meet someone new. And so like there, you signed up for it. And then the church offered a gift card for you to go and use and have dinner or coffee or, I think it was mainly dinner. Yeah, it yeah, was with somebody, and so in town. So then, you, so you signed up. They randomly matched you together, or <laughs> they, I mean, could have been purposeful matches. I'm not exactly sure, but I think they just kind of connected people, gave them the gift card, and then it was up to them to connect and go to dinner. And so I know our friend Lynn did that. Lynn Adams, she yeah, she uh, met somebody new from yeah, that. It was and fun. So, yeah, she had a good time. Yeah. So like, if this is anything that you guys would be interested in as like listeners, um, message us about it because like if it's if you're like that sounds great, I want to hear about it. If you're thinking no way, I would do that. <laughs> I probably need to hear that too. Busted but, biscuits three at yeah. Gmail. Let us know. That's right. If you're interested in, in us um, pursuing that and trying to make connections for you, let us know. We can do that. Um, he talks about in this next section about um, that you need to have time to be alone. It helps you learn who you are and helps you put your life in perspective. It helps you to enjoy your own company and it makes connections with easy with others easier. Why do you think that is? How does alone time make connections with others easier? Ugh. I, I will say that I have had a lot of friends who I've kind of had to, so I'll give this from a faith-based perspective, perspective, right? Okay. So for me, I go to God when I, when Uh I have something that's going on, that Uh for me is the alone time, right? My alone time with God. So if I've got like crazy hectic relationships in my life and I need some Mm -hmm. time to like refocus and, and understand what the purpose is and, Mm -hmm. and what I need to, you know, how I need to communicate, what I need to do. It's, it's about stopping and taking the time alone to figure out what's happening. It's about making sure that you know who you are. Yep. You've aligned with yourself and said, okay, this is this is me. This is where I am. This is where people are. And how do I bridge that mm-hmm. gap? And and really taking the time to, it's like homework, really. Mm-hmm. Trying to put the emphasis on how do, I, how do I make this better? How can I connect differently to make it work? Um, and so, you know, again, for me, I go back and I like, that's prayer time for me. That's yeah. like really just sitting and talking with God and saying, okay, this is where I'm at. Uh, this is what what I feel like he wants me to to share, and so I'm going to go out and I'm going to do that. Yes, um, I, I think it's just it's so important. I've had a lot of friends who've been in, you know in struggles in their life, and I just said stop and take some time alone, disconnect yeah. from all of the things, uh-huh. right? Not just social media, but like 
take a day or two or uh-huh. a week or a month and just connect yourself from everything that's going on around you and really focus on yourself and figure out what's happening with the plan to re-engage yes absolutely <laughs> i will say don't shut it out completely but mm-hmm. like yeah don't don't think that that's where you have to stay because it's really i will say it's really comfortable there yeah. sometimes you find the alone is really really comfortable and you're like oh i could just i could just be here that is not the point the point is to connect with others once you figure out who you are and yes. what you have to offer others so as an introvert you would say this feels amazing <laughs> right yes, like you want to be alone. It. <laughs> so i think i think it is important to consider like being alone can help you refill your cup yeah that's and then so it true. gives that's you the, my, that's yeah. Saying, yeah and then it gives you the energy to, to pour into other people agreed and i think that that's an important aspect too that like um connecting and you're absolutely right knowing who god's created you to be and like and being connected to that and being connected to god and that is a really good thing yeah, because me, yeah. yeah well for anyone well yes and so then you know being able to connect with that and then use that in your friendships and kind of knowing who you are makes it easier because then you're not asking these other people to tell you who you are so true That's you don't good. have to find your identity figure you it out because you know what it is mm-hmm. so if this is going to be important to you he suggests that you put alone time on your calendar i mean if you can do it daily especially if like you're mm-hmm. um you know doing a quiet time like you know per, like pursuing reading scripture and like being quiet and being alone with god i think that's a great thing to do daily we should do it daily um don't be alarmed if it's hard like, you know, like, yeah. don't be surprised that, you know, that you get distracted or that, you know, you're like, oh, do I have to keep doing this? Like, you know, be okay with that. <laughs> I will say it took me two years to like mm. be okay in the quiet. Mm. Even though I like to separate myself from people, uh-huh. my brain was so tied to social media two years ago yeah. that I would just like, that would be my quiet. I was scrolling through social media. Mm. That's not quiet, peeps. That's, That's not true. quiet. You're right. It's not. It's not alone. It's distraction. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. It's It's keeping you from doing the work that you need to do. Yeah. Um, spend time in nature that, that helps you to be alone for me, man, it's the beach. Oh, I want a beach house so bad so I can live at the beach. <laughs> for me, it's the woods sitting mm. like when we go to camp and we sit, you know, by the river or just yeah. in the, in, in the, in the middle of nowhere around a campfire, whatever. Uh-huh. It's just, that's my space. I, I haven't put my finger on why the beach is such a thing for me. Like, you know, having my toes in the sand, being under my umbrella, like I, it's not even the sun, like, right. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> under my umbrella with a big old hat. Like it's not about that, you know? <laughs> and so like being able to go get in the water and it's like, even with people around me, like I feel at peace at the beach. And so, um, I didn't. I don't think I really realized that about myself until I was definitely a grown grown up because we weren't really beach people as a family growing up. Yeah, that's right. You know, but um, but man, I I really I would like to put my finger on just what it is that makes me want to be there. But man, I want to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so then you need to ritualize alone time, like you know, make that something that you do more and more, and then like have tea by yourself. Like it's okay to have a warm drink while you're sitting there you know, and, and, um, enjoy your time together. I know a lot of, I have uh, a couple of family members, like uh, my husband's side of the family and they're like, yeah, I get my tea. I go out on the deck in the morning. I sit with my devotional. It's my quiet time. It's Mm -hmm. my alone time. And I'm like, that's beautiful. I Mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Starting the day off right. Yeah. So he also has suggested that you use a Sabbath, which Mm -hmm. is, so in scripture, it says that Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. And so Sabbath is basically a day that you take a break. And so it's supposed to be a full day, like a full 24 hours that you don't do anything. And it's it's based on the creation um, of the world that like God made everything in six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And so then we were created to need to rest yeah. and to take a break. And so consider doing that. Some people are really great about it. Um, a really good book to read about that concept is The Ruthless Elimination of Her- Hurry mm, yes. by John Mark Comer. Yeah. Like that's a really good book about the practice of um, of Sabbath and like how to slow down yeah. and why I we like should do book. it. Yeah. And so um, this is something I'm not great at. 
Like me I, either. I, I, can, I, I love the idea. I know. I'm, I'm I need execution to improve, is poor. I really need to improve about it. Like I can do sections of time, mm-hmm. you know, but same. I, but I don't always. I definitely don't get a, a one day a week. Like I might a couple times a month get some get some chunks of time. But like I I need to figure out a way to get that practice in my life. I think. Well, and I guess it's. I mean, I guess maybe that book will help too, but it's really understanding what that means in detail, like as, a, as it applies to your life too. Mm-hmm. So you got to figure out what, like God says, stop, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Rest. What does rest mean for you? Yeah, true. Because sometimes point. I don't even know that we know how to rest. That's true. Because we're just constantly going. We should probably add that to a topic sometime yeah, and discuss that. That sounds good. <laughs> tune, tune in next time when, or eventually, because we have other plans between now and then. Okay. Um, he talks about how important it is that we that men be vulnerable with men and that women are vulnerable with women. And so for the men part, he said that 2.5 million men have admitted to having no close friends. That's so sad. It is. I, I believe that, though. Mm-hmm. I, I see that play out all the time in, um, in counseling, counseling, for sure. So men conceal their pain and illness at much higher rates than women and are three times more likely than women to die from suicide. Mm-hmm. And wow. I know. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, based in being lonely. Um, typically, the reason that more men die is because they use more lethal methods. Yeah. And so, um, so they're more successful at it, if, if that's the word that you would use with suicide. Um, and, um, but, but they have that, that emptiness, right? He's saying that we really need more models of men being emotionally open and vulnerable with other men. I, I, this, is hmm. my, this is my heart. I mean, like, I see this. Yeah. Like, I, I have one guy that I'm working with is very, um, very masculine and manly and like, what he needs is friends. And so I encouraged him to reach out to someone and go, Hey, you, like we named the person and talked about it. You should ask him to go to have dinner. And he's like, I can't do that. And I'm like, hmm. what do you mean? Why can't you like, you can do all these other things and listed all these amazing things that he can do that are hard. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I can't do that. And so um, like, we got to work on that. You know, it's like to, to normalize connecting with other men. Yeah. I would agree with that. Cause I think about um, like, I think about how we, like now that I have women friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like how we go out and we do things and, and so forth. And my husband, um, my husband was probably better at that when he was younger uh-huh. than he is now. Cause uh-huh. all of those friends have kind of trickled away. Mm-hmm. He's now started to develop a relationship with a friend where he, he will go and do things. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it took a while for him to get back into that. I will say it took some time. He did have a basis for the, like he had a foundation that he kind of went back to. Yes. And so if you don't have that, I can see how that would be really, really hard. Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. It, but it, do it because it's important. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> and so like for the most part, you know, Biscuits has been geared towards women. We do have about 15% men that listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so and we've had men give us feedback to say, you know, the things that you're saying apply to men as well. Yeah, And so like we are definitely interested in expanding into more of a male audience and more of male activities, but we need a male to hang out with us and do that. <laughs> so if you know someone who yeah. would be good at that, let us know. Yeah. If someone's passionate in, about that, talking you know, people. yeah, we want to talk to someone that like might want to come alongside us and kind of help men build connections because yeah. like there's a hole in that for society for sure. Yeah, and absolutely. So, yeah. Bustedbiscuits3 at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah. Send, send your recipes. <laughs> <laughs> Just let us know if you're interested. <laughs> then, um, so a guy named Ashok. Shante Branch. He started an organization called Ever Forward Club. His Instagram handle is Branch Speaks, and he's teaching boys and teens how to take down the mask. So he noticed that there was a problem with um, teenagers and boys like not knowing how to show their feelings. Mm -hmm. And so like he has made it his life work to teach 
boys and teenagers, like before they become adults, like, like that it's okay to show their, their inside. It's okay <laughs> to show themselves, you know? And so what a neat thing. Yeah. I had, I had someone who I had a conversation with and they were talking about raising their son and, you know, they were saying like, suck it up buttercup is not, is not how I want my son to be raised. I want right. my son to be able to express those emotions and those feelings and, and, um, know how to process through them. Mm-hmm. And it would be great if there was another man that could help them do that as opposed to me as a mom doing that, right. um, you know, to, to have that modeled for him. And so I, I really feel strong. Like that's, that's an area of focus for sure. That'd be, yeah. It'd be awesome if that got better. Yeah. So well, it would, yeah, it's on the list. It's on the <laughs> list, um, for women. So we need, women need to uplift other women. So there's quite a few women that were interviewed for this book and they reported that they were a part of a women's circle. They said they got between 12 and 15 people who were connected. Like they had a group of women that they hung out. And so um, he suggested that you like express to your friends, like what you're doing, like, Hey, let's get together. And here's my intentions. Like I want to have a a friend group that we spend time with and then, um, and start with what the rules are. If you're hanging out with me, like this is going to be like, there's confidentiality as a group. Like you can't keep, um, you can't talk about what you learn about in in the group. Like what what happens in fight club stays at fight club. (laughs) Except you probably shouldn't call your women's group fight club. If you want everyone to connect. Right. (laughs) Um, you know, have some structure for what's going on. Like, you know, you don't want to be overplanned, but have something that you're doing. So like maybe it's a book club or, or a Bible study, or, um, you know, maybe you're um, helping people to meet certain needs. You know, you've got some, uh, something that you're passionate about and then start a group chat where you like stay connected in between visiting. <laughs> I love that one. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. It, I have a number of different group chats that I'm now part of. And, and every once in a while, someone just will pop in and say something and it gets you going for like a good, a good day and a half. And then you're like trickle off a little bit. Okay. And then someone comes, whoops, someone comes back and says, Hey, did you see this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it gives you an opportunity to connect between visits, Yeah, you know, and honestly, um, it, it gives you a place to really um, talk about things in a deeper way you know? And so mm-hmm. if, when you're not with each other and so let's, it, that you can't like talk about openly, like on your social media, like this is a way to like, for our group, like we talk about prayer requests or maybe some struggles you're having, um, with your marriage or with your job or something like that's a place yeah. that you can kind of bring that and, and talk about it as a group and get yes. support and garner support. Yeah. I think I love that, mar- that part the most. Mm-hmm. Then we, you should definitely lift up other women and advocate for our friends both personally and professionally. And so like you want to connect with women and encourage them in, in, yeah. in the things that they're pursuing, like cheer them on. It's not a competition. It's not. No, it's about like going, Hey, I, I see what you're doing. Let me help you get there. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. that's a good thing. Surround yourself with those people. <laughs> yes. He suggested having a Monday night club where you get together and you have like a, like do a planned activity. And so he had a whole list of activities like writing a poem or doing pottery or, um, I don't know, advocating for a certain, uh, cause yeah, yeah yeah thank you um or maybe you you do a painting class or something but like you you get your people together and you make plans to do something fun yeah this this next one you really liked oh make all my friends <laughs> making all my friends playlist mm-hmm. uh yes well I that's why I said earlier I think I would make everybody pick their own song but this one was interesting because she said she uh had a play she had a playlist that she had put a song on it that reminded each her of each of her friends and so how nice is that to like have something that like reminds you or inspires you, mm-hmm. of, you know, about mm-hmm. this person and then put it all together and have everybody listen 
And so like, that would be fun to see like what song you get gets picked yeah. for you. Yeah. And like, it may be a song that, that you did something together and that song was playing, mm-hmm. you could know, be. or it could be that the lyrics of that song remind you of your friend, Yeah, you know? And so that could be a fun thing to kind of like, might have to try that help connection. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And then the last section that we really want to talk about, and there's, we got a little bit of information on it is about like how to be a minister of loneliness. So, um, this was kind of cool. So after a 2017 study, and so keep in mind that this is pre COVID, um, it showed how, how lonely people are in Great Britain. The prime minister of Great Britain appointed a minister of loneliness. So they decided it was such a problem that they needed to have someone to focus on it. Um, what, yeah, the research that they found was that there were 200,000 older people in Great Britain who had not had a conversation with a friend or relative in more than a month. That's so yeah. So, and that was pre-COVID. It's human connection. That was 2017. Yeah. Pre-COVID. And so a whole month, they'd not talk to anybody. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That feel, that makes me feel lonely. I know. <laughs> Boy. So we can't wait for public institutions to solve this problem. Like we no. have to take ownership of it yeah. and like going, how can we connect to other people? How can we make sure that you're not isolated and alone? Like, how can I come alongside you and help you with that? Yeah. He encouraged us to have friendships with older people. And so there's a lot of people, things that you can learn from older people. And if you're older, there's a lot of things you can teach younger people. Have you thought of anything that like uh, you learn from an older person? How to polka. How to polka. Yeah. You know how to polka. I know how to polka. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds funny. Yes. Do you have an outfit for polka? I don't. But oh. I asked my daughter if we could do that at her wedding. And she was like, yes, heck yes, we're doing it. <laughs> You're going to dance a polka at the wedding. Heck yeah. I will be there with my cell phone. I don't know who's going to dance with me because my husband doesn't know how to do it. Well, <laughs> you have some time. Partner. It sounds like you better teach him how to polka. <laughs> I don't know. He's, I don't think he's that gorgeous. I see something ha- in my future. Some good video footage happening. I can't wait. How about you? Um, well, the, what came to mind for me was, um, and she's not that much older than me, but my friend Leanne Rhodes, whenever I was kind of, uh, when I was younger, like she taught me things like how to make buttermilk out of like regular milk and vinegar, you know? And so like, just, just those kind of tips that you wouldn't think very much about. Yeah. And so that was something I learned from her. I didn't know that you could do that either. You so can. Okay. So okay. yeah, you can put a little bit of vinegar in your regular milk and then you stir it up and let it sit for a little bit and it makes it buttermilk. That's crazy. So, I know. And so I, I think really where I've benefited the most or where I think back over the course of my life, having older people speak into my life would have been uh, when I was pregnant. Like when mm, you, you know, first yeah. time pregnancy, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? And so, yeah. so then like you reach out for people that have been through that experience and they can really talk about that. I like it. Mm-hmm. He said that we should also try to have intergenerational friendships. And so he said that that reduces ages, ageism in both directions. What do you yeah, think that about makes that? Sense. What do you think? Well, because the more time you spend with them, the more you get to know them and you can relate and share perspective, like share your perspective. They uh-huh. give you their perspective and you, you kind of come to a better understanding of, you know, what influenced their life to, to yeah. be and what made them the way that they were, what, what the times were back then. Cause we didn't live there. We don't know what, uh-huh. you know, what, what created the, the person that sits in front yeah. of us today. So it's, it's always interesting to hear somebody's story, but also to understand what those influences were at the time. Yeah. Well, and, and like my thought is like, you have these perceptions of what like young people are doing and then like, um, or even how, what older people are doing. And mm-hmm. then when you actually get the facts, like, Oh, I made these assumptions and they're not accurate. Yeah. You know, and so true. then that helps you to really see the person for who they are. Mm, love um, that. Then you also, on the opposite end of that, you should create a support system for your, for new parents. So like, I think when people, oh, when people okay. have babies early, like in their life, like mm-hmm. that, you know, that's a life changing moment. Yes. You know? And so like, that's an adjustment. Yes. And so you think that having, going from no babies to one baby is big. 
but I think I'm going from having um, having one and adding a second, I think is harder. To you? Oh, yeah, well, definitely. The third one, it doesn't matter. Like, you've done it already. You're good. I, for me, the difference was when I had Carly as my oldest, like, when she napped, I could nap. And so, like, I could kind of <laughs> keep up with it, right? You and then, no. And then, with this, <laughs> then when I had Coco, like, when, I, you know, Carly's up, and so then I can't nap. And so, like, then you have all this, like, you're, you're holding a baby and also chasing a toddler. Or, you know, that was my story, at least. And so, I thought adding a second was harder. But then by the time, you know, so we, when we had a third, we went from a man-to-man defense to a zone. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you had to, like, you know, manage everything. And so three wasn't bad. So after you can keep adding at that point, I guess, and it'd be okay. But, like, <laughs> from one to two, it's pretty difficult. Oh, my goodness. So so if you have kids, uh, don't assume that a new parent only wants to do baby things. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, you think, oh, we had a baby. They don't want to do anything with me. Not true. Because if you're doing baby <laughs> things, you might want to have a break from baby things. I think about my daughter and, like, she – we've you know, my grandson is now eight months old, but, um, we've gone on vacation as a family. She's taken him and flown across. We live in Pennsylvania. She's flown to Oregon to visit her friends. We, you know, we, she just basically picks him up and takes him wherever we're going. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's, yeah. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> He's going along for the ride. <laughs> when you are hanging out with, with a new mom friend, like make it as easy as possible. So like if you're, mm. if you don't have kids and you're hanging out with a mom, like if you can help them, like maybe you go to their house instead, or, um, you know, you help them take the stuff that they need to take like don't make it hard because man when you're a new mom like that can be really overwhelming to think about having to coordinate everything yes and yeah the fir- especially the first time mm-hmm. be flexible with making plans and communicating yeah uh, mm-hmm. because how often have like you're like headed out the door and you're ready and all of a sudden the baby poops out their outfit and you've got to go <laughs> and, and change their clothes and like then you're late you know yeah. and so then don't take it personal if those things happen because it's like yeah. you know you Nothing. Yeah. Or if they call and say like, we've had a rough night. I just can't do it today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It happens. Well, and so like we learn flexibility as parents, I think. Yeah. Like, I think that's where you really are faced with it because Mm -hmm. you have to be flexible because you can't control this little being in front of you. (laughs) There is no schedule that they would adhere to. (laughs) No, no. So like, that's a good, good place to learn how to be flexible. And, um, they also want you to, to create a support system, like make sure that you're hanging out with, um, with people when you are having new, when you're a new family, because it's just such a shift. Yes. He talks about bridging the divide. When you spend time with people who are different from you, you obtain a different understanding of who that person is. So, you know, have you thought about like any stereotypes that you held that were proven wrong after you spent time with someone? Like, did you ever have a perceived idea about somebody or something? I haven't. Like, I'm... I, I live my life trying to be open, uh-huh. um, you know, to who people are and what where they sit and what I can gain from that. And so I feel like I've always been sort of like that, never been really closed off and, and put people in a bucket uh-huh. um, because I didn't want to be put in a bucket. Yeah. And so I haven't really had that happen all that often. How about you? Do you well, have any well, good I example? Think, yeah, I think like when I moved to Pennsylvania, like I really <laughs> didn't have a lot of exposure to um, the Amish communities. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so like I would have had this assumption that like they don't want to have anything to do with English people. Right. And so they would call people that um, aren't Amish English. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then you they think, you know, they don't they're, they've chosen to live differently. And so then they would see you um, as a problem. Right. And yeah. so then um, but then I met a friend that was that's Amish and um, learned so much about her culture and and, um, oh, and nice. she can cook like nobody's business. <laughs> and and then really understanding that they they do want connection. And so uh, they're 
prior to that, I probably would have overlooked someone that was Amish, like at Walmart or something, you know, and, and assumed they didn't want to interact. And then now I've assumed they want to. So, <laughs> so they get a piece of awkward Jen Stanley. So you're fist I'm, bump. That's right. Well, I'm going <laughs> to at least make sure that I say hello, okay. you know, and engage them so that they, they don't feel awkward themselves in an environment that feels unfamiliar. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So, so real friendship is about risk. A real friendship is about being open to the views of other people. The greatest risk in friendship is that you and I will be transformed by other people. I love that. Mm-hmm. Have you had friendships that have transformed your life? Well, yeah. Okay. I mean. <laughs> okay. That's great. So deep. Thank you for that. Well, moving on. We can move on from that. Okay. So. I mean, obviously meeting you and having your, your friendship in my life and the, that of the, the rest of our group, like mm-hmm. it, it definitely changed my life. Yeah. And taking a risk. Like, I didn't want to take a risk, but I took a risk. Even starting the very first small group that I attended was a risk for me. I was like, I don't think I'm going to like this, but I'm going to uh-huh. do it anyway. And then I realized, like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is this is, this is is where I'm supposed to be. So, so, yeah, good. I'm glad you decided to take a risk. That's yes. a good thing. The last section that we want to talk about is that he encourages you to live in community with people. So the quote is, wouldn't it be awesome to one day pull your resources with, with your best friends and share a backyard, a beautiful garden, fresh vegetables, shopping <laughs> duties, exercise equipment, tools, toys, childcare, and weekly meals together, all while having your own kitchen, bathroom, and family space. <laughs> now, to some people, that may sound amazing. To other people, that may say, like, don't make me do that. <laughs> like, that feels, that's too much connection for me. Like, I'm not sure that I'd want to live that way. I think people may be feeling that way. So, eh, I don't know. You don't mind the idea? I don't mind the idea. I do it. We've definitely joked as the misfits that we're all going to be in the same nursing home together. (laughs) Yes. So we should all save our money. We keep talking about buying (laughs) buying some land and everybody living (laughs) on the land too. (laughs) Well, he talked about like four couples like who bought tiny houses and then put them on a river outside of Austin, Texas. And so then they would go there as much as possible with plans to retire. You get to pick your neighbors. Mm -hmm. I love that part. (laughs) He, He closed the book with the concept of remembering to let light in. What do you want to say about that part, Jill? Oh, I like this one. Um, you know, it was, it was really the truth is we all have dark times in our life. Uh Um, and it's whether or not you choose to settle and like allow the darkness to, to pervade your life, like to, to infuse your life with that darkness, right? Uh Like you have to be able to step aside and say, regardless of what's happening in this moment, I know that there is good happening in my life. Mm -hmm. I know that there are other things that are, you know, that are coming into it. And that sometimes isn't even us right sometimes it's the people that surround us in those moments and so when he says let the light in like it's acknowledging all of those those bright spots right the positive things that are happening and not not staying stuck in all of that that bad stuff in Mm -hmm. the darkness and I think of like you know the valleys and the views the valleys are the hard parts right and and we have to go down into the dark cold areas and, mm-hmm. and deal with it but we get to go back and see the beautiful sunrise and the sunset that's at the top of the hill right so uh-huh. so you have to kind of make sure you're allowing the light to kind of filter in and you can see that you know you can see the light coming mm-hmm. and, and don't be consumed then yes. with, with the darkness yeah. that's around you yeah. yeah that's pretty good and so um this book had a lot of great ideas for how to connect with people. Um, I would love to hear from any of our listeners that like had decided to use that as a connection, like that they got an idea off of here and they put it in their life and started doing something about it. Like, let us know. I'd love to hear that on Instagram or our Facebook, or even you can send us an email. Um, we, we would love to hear about like, Hey, I heard this idea. I heard what you talked about and I, I implemented this change in my life. And then this is what's been happening. So I, yeah, I'd love to hear about that. 
We, we always love to hear the stories. We do. Of, of the, the growth mm-hmm. that everybody's going through. Yes. yes. So we have two more things that we want to talk about um, for loneliness in our next two episodes. And so this one's got a lot of statistics in it. And I, I'm excited about the information because it's just like, man, this is a thing. So talking about loneliness being an epidemic. And so um, we definitely want you to tune in next time. Yes. When we bust some biscuits.